Welcome to Hockey Prospect Radio, your voice for prospect news and analysis on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Now, here's hosts Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. It's Hour 2 in Junior Prospect Hockey League, Western Canada's newest developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level at JuniorProspectHockeyLeague.com. Speaking with Mike McMahon, College Hockey Insider, read his Substack. It's the best information on college hockey out there um, every week. The updates are fantastic. Oh, pretty much almost on a daily basis, Mike. Let's continue to talk about some drafted players that are making a bit of a name for themselves in college hockey. And one of them, it's just an interesting path he's taken. And Massimo Rizzo, who was originally drafted seventh round by the Carolina Hurricanes. He now his rights are owned by Philadelphia. Uh, he's 22 now, but he, you know, he played in the BC hockey league for a couple or three years, uh, Penticton, Coquitlam, uh, and then Chilliwack um, briefly. And then he went to University of Denver, and now he's in his sophomore season. And I like the fact that, you know, he's three years in junior A. It's going to be three years in college hockey. Maybe he plays a fourth. You know, I'm not sure how that's going to play out. But by the time he's done, he's going to be 23 and an adult. And that transition to the American League is going to be so much better. And he's been a dominant player in college hockey. You know, it's something to be said for not – jumping into college hockey as an 18 year old that you should come in maybe as a 19 or 20 year old, you know, and I think, you know, for the guys who are late bloomers and they want to go to college because they're going to be a little bit late bloomers, I think Massimo Rizzo is like a perfect example of that. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, obviously it's not, he's not the flyers pick, but do you think the flyers are happy with where he's at as a seventh round pick? I think they're probably thrilled. A hundred percent. If he comes in and just plays in the American league, has a long American league career. That's a steal. Yeah, because that's hard to find. Yeah, and and it's, again, I think I think you're right. I think it's a guy who's been patient with his development, both in terms of when he entered college and what happened. He was almost a point per game scorer as a freshman because he came in when he was ready. Came in as a 20 year old, and he came in when he was ready. And it seems like, and, and even if it's after this year, it's going to be a similar jump for him to the pro level, where he's not rushing it and getting into a point where you get in before you're ready and you get dropped down the depth chart and you kind of get penalized and maybe you get this thing, a stigma attached to yourself and you can, unless you get traded, you can never get out of it. Uh, I think he's a guy that was patient enough to go to college when he was ready. He's being patient enough to go to pro hockey when he's ready, whether it's after this year or even after his senior year, and he'll make you know an immediate impact because of that. Yeah. I think it's a really good point you make and he doesn't have to turn pro because there's no pressure on him to do so. So he can go off and like, for him, he might even be better off just to do his senior year, finish his degree, or like, you know, do some courses in the summer and have a light year and then come out, you know. Or get a grad degree. And get a grad degree. That's what some you guys know? do too. I mean, a lot of these guys, if they're going in as a 20-year-old freshman, they can, they, they've got enough credits that a lot of these guys are getting their undergrad degree, degree at the end of their junior year. And then if they come back for their senior year, they're going to get their grad degree and get it paid for. I mean, and get it paid for. <laughs> Which is a, lot, a great a lot idea. Worst ways to spend your money, <laughs> to spend your time. Excuse 100%. me. One hundred percent. So you take that extra year, you get a grad degree, you come out, you have a master's, and now you're turning pro, and you're going to be, in his case, he would be twenty four, and then it could end up playing ten years of pro hockey, and then you yeah. know, go on with your life. So and then when you're done, you get a master's degree. Yeah. Uh, I wish I was smart enough to do that, but I was not. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about Trey Augustine. And it was a draft pick 
by Detroit, second round, a lot of good goaltenders drafted in the second round, came out of the U.S. national program, you know, Michigan State University, and has got off to a really good start as a freshman goalie, you know, and that's that's not easy because that's a really tough conference he's playing in. And we talked about him going into that situation and wondering how he would handle that. And I think so far he's quitted himself quite well. He has, and he's faced a lot of shots. I mean, you look at his goals against number and it's like three and a quarter, which you look at it, oh man, you know, is, well, is that's, more of a, no. that's more of a team thing than a hundred percent. It is. And Especially that's if you're, over not, think, if you're not a five or, or higher in save percentage and you're saving a lot of like a level shots against you in the, in that slot area, not worried about him at the end of the day, what Neither is he supposed to do? He's supposed to win games yeah. and he's winning games. He's six and two. Yeah. Exactly. And that's where I think some people will look at that number and, and misconstrue what it actually means. Uh, Cause the nine Oh five save percentage is good. Again, in a tough conference, he's a younger goalie and he's had to go. I mean, he's made 30 plus saves in most, on most nights in most of these games. So not only is he performing well, but he's, he's being tested regularly and will be, I mean, they've had a tough non-conference schedule. They played BC. Um, that was on the road. So two games at BC, we know how talented they are. Once he gets in a league play too, when you're looking at Minnesota and Michigan and <laughs> Ohio state and Penn state who shoots the puck a ton and Notre Dame, when you start looking at those teams every night, it's going to, it's going to be even a, a bigger test for him, but so far he's played well. It's an adjustment for him because he came from the program and there's a lot of shot suppression because they always have the puck. Yeah, of course. You know, for the most part, right? Of course, when they're yeah. playing college teams, that's you know less likely. So he didn't face as much rubber as he is now. So we thought that might be an adjustment for for him and how would he handle that? And I think, you know, I agree with you. I think he's acquitted himself very well. And it's good for goal, young goaltenders to face a lot of rubber. It's going to be better for his development. And Detroit's in no rush because they, you know, they have other goaltenders ahead of him. So, and he's only 18. So, you know, he can play three years, no problem at Michigan state, go back to the, you know, world juniors and then, you know, continue on and maybe come out when he's 20, 21, 21 years of age as a goalie and go into the American league and see how he, you know, handles that situation. Another player as well. I want to get your thoughts on who was a first round pick and Charlie Strammel by Minnesota. 21st overall thoughts about his second year in Wisconsin. He's only played five games and I'm just curious because he's a guy who, you know, he has the skating ability, has the size, has a shot, but just hasn't been able for whatever reason at Wisconsin be able to produce points. I mean, I know it's only five games, but he's got a donut and I just, is it, is Wisconsin the right place for him? I don't know. I mean, I know this was a tough year, at least to start here. Wisconsin's having a lot of success, which is going to make it harder to break into the lineup when he's healthy because he's also been hurt. I mean, the, yeah, he's missed yeah, he's that time yeah. because of injury. And I think, you know, when you come, when you're trying to work your way back into a lineup that's playing really well, and they are, I mean, they're, they're arguably the top team in the country right now. You know, where do you kind of feel? You almost have that, that feeling of like, do, do I, where do I belong here? Like things have been cooking while I've been away. Where do they slide me in? Uh, I know there was some reports last week um, when, when he did return. He returned to the lineup last weekend, and I, I didn't see the games yet. I haven't watched those games from last week. They're on my, my to-do list here this week. But um, one of the word was, you know, he just looked a little uncomfortable as he kind of was getting himself back in the lineup, both coming back from injury and coming back into a situation where, you know, your team's playing really well and you kind of you don't want to be the guy that's going to come in and, and mess with any chemistry. But I think 
look, the tools are there, as as you and I have discussed. The tools are clearly there. It's just a matter of whether or not he can put it together at Wisconsin. And if he can't, and if it if it just doesn't seem to work this year, where last year was kind of an up and down year too, uh, then I, I, you start to wonder what's his next move. Is it the transfer portal and going somewhere else? Is it Minnesota saying, "Hey, we're going to take you out and you're six three, two twenty, you're you're going to play in the American League"? You know, it's he he has options, but I think the option that's best for everybody is if it works out at Wisconsin. Yeah, I agree with that. And whether it works at Wisconsin, you know, for the rest of the year, and he comes back you know, uh, through the rest of the season, like gets into towards Christmas, you know, the world juniors are going to be looming. You know, I thought he acquitted himself quite well at the world juniors and was a valuable role player for them. So there's an opportunity for him to go back there, gain some confidence, come back, you know, after Christmas, maybe has a good run down the stretch and then kind of make the decision there. Like I, I would prefer not to see him go play pro. Like mm-hmm. here's the, I want to see guys play as many games as they possibly can before they have to turn pro. I mean, the American league, yes, you know, in some cases is a developmental league, but not if you have played a limited amount of games, I think it just becomes much more challenging. So, you know, if it works out down the stretch for Wisconsin, great, come back and do a third year. There's no rush to jump you into the American hockey league and then, you know, make up for the games that you've lost because of injury and trying to get back into your form again. Or if it doesn't work out, then, you know, if it's you transfer portal and jump to a different team for that year and, and move on, I'd be really hesitant, me personally, for him to jump into not have a really strong year and then jump into the American Hockey League. And it's, oh, yes, yeah. he's yeah, he's fast and he's strong. He's got skills, but that, that league, that league is a grind and it does not care if you were a first round pick those players will chew you apart. So, and it's a whole confidence standpoint. Cause I look, he's got lots of confidence when you talk to him. So for me, I'm, I'm just really intrigued to see what happens because there's a lot of talent there. Uh, we're going to take off Mike. Thanks again for coming on the show. Always appreciate it and stay tuned. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back right after this. Every play, every stat, every breakdown, on their own, they're essential, but all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. 
contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca.